Hello and welcome to KMUK's Kind to Your Mind podcast. There's no two ways about it. This year has been hard. We're all doing our best, whether that's struggling homeschooling and Zoom calls, filling our time on furlough or going into work every day to keep the country moving. When you're having a tough time, it's pretty tempting just to retreat into yourself and feel like you're the only one struggling. Spoiler alert, you're not. And that's what this podcast is all about opening up and sharing about a variety of topics to make us all feel a little less alone. There's power in talking, so let's chat. We'll cover everything from how to support a colleague or friend, personal stories of living with mental health problems, and a variety of general wellbeing topics like domestic abuse and neurodiversity. So let's get started. everyone it's Faith from the comms team and today I'm joined by Helen Gordon. Uh, This week's podcast is all about keeping positive with long-term illness so Helen I'll hand over to you to introduce yourself and tell us more. Okay so as Faith mentioned I'm Helen Gordon. Um, I've worked with KN now for about nearly three years and some might say longer as the risk manager on the MOD project. So tell us about your journey. Obviously, I, I've got up with Helen Helen before, and this is why we, we wanted to do this podcast, because um, he- Helen shared um, an illness that she had, and, and it's a subject that I think we wanted to, to kind of share with a wider a wider audience, um, as it's, it's something that goes a bit undetected. So, so Helen, tell us tell us about your journey and, and, and your illness. Okay, so, so if I start sort of at the beginning, you know, I was a working mom, I've got two children you know my passion beyond my family was shoes and the higher the better you know going out being generally like every young person you know going out enjoying yourself with your friends around the time that I had um was finishing my university diploma and kicking my career path off with the local authority the time I remember I loved running uh cycling you know in the gym I was kickboxing and this was on a a regular basis and then literally one day that all changed without any any sort of warning I remember I'd handed my my last piece of working for my university degree and got back to my desk and literally collapsed. I couldn't get up, I couldn't talk. There was, there was, there was nothing. Literally, they had to get my husband in to come and pick me up, literally off, off my chair um, and take me back home. And, and the only way I could ever describe that part of my life now is, is, probably resemble it to a grief or a loss really that part of my life at the time and I didn't know it was over um my life from that point on was going to be very very different from the point that I collapsed um about six months just complete bedridden slept in and out just hours and hours and hours of sleep um, going in and out of doctor's appointments, having lots and lots of medical tests to try and understand what was going on, really, because it had hit me out of the blue, to the point where it had affected my life that much. Even I used to have long hair at the time, and I remember I had to have all my hair just cut off because I couldn't even hold my hair dryer anymore. It was, it was that much of an effect, you know, from somebody who was doing you know, going to the gym and being so fit to being so feeling so unhealthy just yeah. was just bizarre, really. 
being so dependent on my husband to dress me and almost take me to the bathroom was just unrecognizable to me yeah and so during that period you 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 weren't aware of what what it was that was causing this so obviously after a lot of a lot of tests and a lot of and a lot of visits so so what what is it that that it was or is I should say yeah after it was about two years when I had the diagnosis and I think I knew what I got before I had the diagnosis and it turned out that I'd got ME and I'd never really heard of ME before to be honest but I do remember that there was there was talk as I was probably in my teenage years about a yuppie flu and this is what it was and I was like you know I don't understand what has happened and basically what had happened was I'd had flu coupled with Uh, secondary infections which had shut my immune system down and literally shut my body down and ME it's got a range of symptoms the main one being around extreme tiredness and and when I say you know when people say everybody says I'm tired you know this is this is beyond that I I suppose really if you think of the jewel of cell bunny you know (laughs) going along and then it like does that that's you know that that bit at the end that's me and I'm yeah. and my battery even though you sleep or you could say well you slept six months my battery never filled back up again so I was always waking up with a negative equity on my battery to get through a day um, and so until my body had built up it was up enough energy over that six month period of time to try and get back to some sort of normality you know yeah but it's it is a complex illness and it does limit I think the activities that I can do and 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 does as I said you know confine me to bed which could be for days it might might be for hours and I will literally just sleep all that time I'm 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 in constant pain um my body and my brain it doesn't matter if it's just making a cup and I've only realized this over a period of time just making a cup of tea where you know what you're doing uses energy so actually going and doing something that you don't actually know about or you're trying to learn within the business actually uses a lot more energy does that make sense absolutely and I guess I mean it would be really interesting to to sort of chat about what it's like working I think it's it's amazing that you manage to to work but you know based on on those symptoms and I've said before to you I wouldn't know unless you had a shared that with me which is great that we're trying to use this podcast obviously to share with wider people so what it's like what is it like having to to juggle work and, and in your role as well with the volume of information and and deadlines and all of that but also how does it work with your stakeholders and team and do they know or how do you bring up the subject of, you know, this is how I need to yeah, work? I think, you know, if I if I touch on some of the funnier, the funnier side of things, and I have to laugh now, Grace, because, you know, that's just the way I try and get through stuff. And I was saying this to you earlier. My day to day has been one where I've struggled to find words today. I know the word in my head, but actually trying to articulate that word to you Actually, what I do is I'll talk around the word, describe the word, but I won't be able to say the word. It's it's quite bizarre, really. So 
what I find in my role is obviously I'm in meetings or um, presentations. I do get quite nervous because that is my biggest worry is being somewhere and forgetting a word, you know. Even a, even a subject matter that I may know a lot about, my brain will just take that word out and it's like a void, a black hole. I can't find. Yeah. And so it is a worry. So what I tend to do is I, I will write notes with keywords on that I think I might forget, that I feel anxious about if I were to forget them. And I do things like that for presentations. I will rehearse things thoroughly, make sure I know my subject matter. But you talk about letting people know. And I think to begin with, I, I, I don't think I could because I everybody felt tired. So I do remember um, after a period of time when I, I had actually got back to work, and um, somebody came up to me and, and asked me about how I was getting on and, and then turned around and said, oh, well, you know, I had to get, I had to break my arm to get that amount of time off work. And I was like, geez, you know, I, I wish I could break my arm and take all this away. It was like a bit of bizarre, really, that somebody would think of it that way. I didn't want to be off work. If anything, I think my old boss would describe me probably as a workaholic because I do love my work it does my illness does make sure that I can't work those hours anymore it, it shuts my body down it will send me to sleep there is nothing I can do about it when I'm tired I'm tired I just have to bear that in mind when I'm traveling around probably as well that I take that into account that one I've got that journey to get there and then secondly I've got a presentation or a talk to do or a meeting and then I've got to get home again. And it's how I, I have to sort of structure and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess it's as well, I think having those open conversations with with people that you're working with must sort of help in, in the sense of time goes on, I guess they have a, a greater appreciation for your circumstance and, and that they can work with that as well um, and just make it part of how you'd plan stuff anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things I, I think I, I, I went through at the beginning, I would say was, because I was in so much pain and I was so ill, I thought that everyone would be able to see that in me. Do you know what I mean? They could see a difference in me, but I soon realised that actually my friends and colleagues don't have a, have, a, have a crystal ball and they never did the mind reading class that everybody should go to and everybody expects everybody to be at. And so it was only by me talking to them that they started to realise, because one of the things I think is important is just because somebody's got their makeup on a female you know the makeup on or they've done their hair they've got nice clothes on doesn't mean that they're healthy yeah. yeah and sometimes even when I'm in my wheelchair I still get people looking at you as though to say what's wrong with what you are, what are you doing in that almost yeah kind of judging that that sort of it's almost like that unbiased conscious isn't it you look at yeah. somebody and you make an immediate assumption that when I'll hold my hands up it's, you know I said to you Helen didn't I that I wouldn't have known unless you had a shared because you, you see you and the way that you present yourself and and the knowledge in your business and your role that you just wouldn't 
have an idea you had this just disabling if you like for want of a better term condition and yeah in terms of in terms of sort of what it can do but I think it's really important that you've mentioned that about the invisibility side because if you are walking around or if you've obviously broken an arm or everybody's like oh no you okay whereas when it's something that you're managing and that's hidden in that way because you don't have your zoom camera on 24 7 yeah but it's how people appreciate that and have empathy for that as well and I think having that understanding of of an illness so I guess we'll touch on kind of keeping positive in a minute because I know you must have gone through some really dark times um but I think in terms of kind of as managers what if they've got teams that suffer from something similar what support would you suggest that they give to their people or what helps with something like that when it when it's not a, a physical you can clearly physically see that something is wrong I think having keeping that open dialogue I think is really important and sometimes not not the usual will fit in that scenario in other words you know we don't all fit in a box some of us are a bit of circular some of us a bit of a triangle we don't all fit in in a slot and and the way that my manager worked with me or works with me is that the door is always open because they know my illness they're able to support me I think the most important thing for me was was having that first conversation Mm. because I think if you without that first conversation people will judge People will judge, you know, oh, she's off again. Oh, she's gone home early again. Have you seen she's not at a desk again? You know, all that sort of thing. And we do that as, as a society because we're all in sitting in judgment, aren't we? We're all. And I think, you know, having this illness has, has taught me one thing is that we can't stand in judgment of somebody. We don't know what's going on behind, you know, the clothes or the makeup. And so my boss was always very open with me and made sure that um, you know I was accommodated in the right way which had to suit the business faith it's not just about me it was about how that suited the business you know that I got to a meeting but I wasn't tired that I could manage or chair a meeting you know because that's important yeah but the consideration was how do we get you there and how do we get you back safely and so sometimes he'd pair up with me and say look I'll take you there because I've got to do some work or I can do some work down there so there was there was that was that interaction as well yeah Yeah. so and and that's why I do say by having that open conversation as a manager leaves that person to ask for help if they need to because some of the time I may I may be all right or sometimes my boss would look at me and go you look very tired but that then left it on my account to say, yes, that's correct. And I do realise the business does have to weigh that up objectively. But I do think that, you know, having the ability to have the flexibility around whether you can work from home or not, or, or how that comes out throughout the day, whether you can sit to do your job, uh, when other people have had a chair taken away. Do you know all that sort of thing is welcome? The fact that maybe you have to take an extra break because you get very tired doing whatever it is you're doing, having that ability to say, look, I am tired. Can I sit down for 10 minutes? I'm very cold. That has obviously used up a lot of energy. I need to go and put some layers on when the sun might be beating hot outside. 
the yeah. body doesn't recognize that do you know what I mean so it's I think sometimes it's being able to think outside of what the normal is at the time do you know yeah. what I mean yeah what might what might be impacting me is going to have a completely different uh, yeah. effect on you yeah absolutely yeah. but like you say I think those open conversations are absolutely key absolutely. in any kind of line of work but especially if you if you want the well-being of your of your colleagues and your people to be to be optimum because it is that balance isn't it of of work and looking after ourselves and our colleagues it is and, and it's a scary conversation to have faith I've got to be honest because when you first become ill, everybody brings the get well cards round and but we all expect somebody to get better, don't we? Yeah. And when somebody is carrying on being ill, it's like, really? Come on, how long is this gonna last for? Or you don't it's not what people say, but you know people are thinking it. And um and and, and it's hard to keep going back to somebody and saying, Look, I don't feel very well today, I'm mm. feeling sick today. Do you see what I mean? And they yeah. are—they're very hard conversations to have. They really are. And um, even in my my place, to be honest with my manager and say, "Look, I do have a disability." It was, "Do I do it or don't I?" And you know, I did choose the the route of honesty, and I'm glad I did because yeah. of the work looks after me to do that. Yeah, and I think that's, and I can I can empathise with what a challenge that must be, if you know, to have that first conversation, the dauntingness of, oh, what's the reaction going to be? Is, you know, what, what are people, are people now going to judge me? Are they, are they going to, is it going to limit my career? There's all kinds of things that must, I would imagine, play yeah. on the mind. But I do think it's the brave and the right step to, to take. And I guess it's um, encouraging managers as well to, be open-minded with all of their colleagues in whatever colleagues approach them with and and take that it's not about me it's about them and put yourself in somebody else's shoes and and really understand and do a bit of research I guess into the condition and kind of and have those conversations yeah so I know we sort of said Obviously, you know, early on as well, having that at the beginning of your career and with no diagnosis and understanding, I guess that must have really put you in some dark places at, at times. So how do you or how did you and how do you still keep positive in the kind of in the face of adversity, if you like? Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, I it was horrendous. I, I, I can only describe it as that, you know, I. I was told I got cancer, I was, it was, I didn't know how long I was going to live, thinking about my children, all that psychologically was, was horrendous, and what it put our family through as well, and then as time went on, and um, I I managed to get back into work, it was for a few hours, and, and so on and so forth, and slowly I started to get back into a new routine because it was never going to go back to what it was it was always going to be a new routine I got my my daughter at the time was um three years old um so she's never known me in any other way or any other capacity and so on the other hand my son had he used to you know we used to have competitions running competitions biking you know so we were doing all this so what had to take that into account was having a massive effect on my kids as well and so I think the only thing that I because I'm such a very positive person I won't let things get me down 
my doctor once said to me, he said, you know, had you not got the drive that you have, you would have been bedridden for a long, long time. And it, I think the drive was for me was always going to be around. I'm going to beat this. Unfortunately, Emmy is one of those things where it became an adversary, should we say, who was not going to let me win that battle. It mm. wasn't a mind over matter and it's the good British get on with it, you're going to be all right, because that wasn't going to work. It was a whole new ball game. And so surrounding myself with my family and my friends and and believe it or not, my pets eventually started to get me back out of the house. Just a few steps, but it was it was enough to start the process. And looking forward to even the smallest things in life, whether that may be now just grabbing a coffee with a friend, but that may may mean that I will sleep the rest of the day. And that's how it used to be. You know, I'd be able to have a conversation, but that was it. You know, even just small things. And the really big thing I would say, even now, I had a bit of a wobble the other day, was I allow myself self-pity because that that depression and that self-pity will 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 strike anybody. I I don't care. The strongest person is going to go through a very black time. But even now, what I tend to do is allow myself a period of time to self-grieve, self-pity, if you like. And it's normally followed by something very sweet. I will add, I've got a sweet tooth and it's normally <laughs> followed by a box of licorice all sorts, somewhere, <laughs> chocolate, lovely cake, whatever that might be. But I will in- self-indulge for a period of time because I think that is really important. It is, yeah. it is okay for people to get you'll be all right you'll just keep going there is a time when you're gonna anybody will go actually you know what no I'm fed up with this today it's yeah. too much I've had enough I've not slept for three nights or I'm in that much pain now that I really can't go on anymore I've had it and it's okay to give yourself I think a day of I let myself have a day and then I think the next day is going to be different and I will wake up in a different frame of mind and almost have to kick myself out of bed, Faith. Yeah. But once I start that day and I meet people like you who make me smile or my friends or my colleagues at work, I can then start to forget about what's going on in my life, really. And that's you know, what drives me. I think that's a, it's, a nice, it's a nice thing to end on, actually, Helen, because I think your, your journey has been like a roller coaster one, hasn't it, really? But I think ending on that, it, you know, we often say it's OK to, to not be OK. And, and it genuinely is OK to it's part of our emotions, isn't it? Like you say, yeah. you can only put on a, a, a classic stiff upper lip for so long. Yeah. Um, and I think it is really important to acknowledge those down days and be like, it is OK to feel like that without without feeling guilty about feeling yeah, down in a bit, you know, uh, and we uh, and with good reason so it's, it's a really top tip especially the chocolate because you know <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely so thank you very much hopefully listeners to this have, uh, have found benefit I know I have and I really am grateful for you sharing your personal experience Helen because it really there's a whole world of different illnesses that are yeah. hidden and that aren't physically can't physically 
physically see them. So um, I think it's important that we do when we have the chance to, to shine a light on these and hear firsthand, obviously, people's experiences, but also create a, that kind of culture where if you're comfortable yes. with sharing with your colleagues and with your managers, because I think otherwise it's harder to help somebody. It's a lonely it's place. After, yeah. yeah, and people do want to help each other. So I think... Absolutely, yeah. It's being brave and taking that that first step and having a chat with a colleague or, or a manager, isn't it? If if somebody's experiencing something. Yeah, absolutely. Lovely. Thanks very much. That's okay. See you soon, Helen. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.